on the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss, and that's the winner. That's the winner. A World Series winner for the Cardinals. Smith parks one in the right down the line. It may go. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of three to two, and a home run by the Wizard. Go crazy. Swinging a long one into left field. Adios, goodbye, and maybe that's the winner. A three-run homer by Clark. And the Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5, to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. Welcome to That's a Winner Podcast. As always, I'm Ryan Jenkins, and with me is Josh Brown. And special guest tonight is Tim McKernan from 101 ESPN on Balloon Party and the morning after STL, right? Thanks for joining us, Tim. We appreciate it. What's up, guys? Thanks. Yeah, so, uh, I, you know, I want to get right into it and talk about Pujols and all these other things. But my first thought, my first question is, whenever you guys took over your show, I want to know what it was like following Danny Mac and me, like uh, probably a lot of other listeners, thought they were tuning into Danny Mac, and then Balloon Party comes on with you and Little Pillars, Piddle, Piddles, Axe and Jackson. And, you know, and I wonder how many people were upset or, like, what was your reception that was, you know, to you guys uh, coming in, you know, following, you know, a beloved person of St. Louis? You know, we've been doing a show in St. Louis called The Morning After TMA since 2000. Uh, um, but it's a different kind of sports, but it's more just, and so we have that following. And so they want to show uh, on 101 ESPN. And Dan and I went to the same grade school in the 80s. And uh, one ESPN listener in the TMA list, uh, uh, but not much. But over the last, uh, I've really enjoyed my duo audience on 101 ESPN. His the nonsense that we. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tim. It's still not really working for us. It's still oh no glitching in I'm and sorry, out. Man. It's uh, yeah. I don't know what's exactly happening. I don't know if if it's uh, everyone on our end, if it's on our end or yours. Because it's just not coming through. But uh, let me let's take a I'm gonna we'll take a little break for a sec. Yeah, we'll take a break with you real quick, and then uh, we're gonna check the stream real quick too. So just hang on, everybody, real quick, and we'll be right back. not coming through but uh let me let's take a I'm gonna quick look. Quick. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, sorry for the delay. Uh, Tim McKernan, his his stuff's not quite working. Um, it looks like it's on his end. But all right, let's Josh, let's get into it. He might try and come back with us, and uh, we'll do it again. But um, see if we can get a reconnection. Yeah, later. we'll see if his can uh, get better going. But all right, let's so let's talk about Pujols, seven hundred home run. It happened in the middle of the night in St. Louis um, on in, Apple TV. On Apple TV, you know, um, on Tim McKernan's show this morning on Bloom Party, they talked about if if it was disappointing the way that it happened. Like, everyone's obviously excited that it happened, but is it disappointing the way that it happened? I mean, what's a better scenario, that it, it happened in St. Louis, you know, in front of all the fans? Um, you know, or, you know, late at night in L.A. on a national audience stage, but not nationally that everyone could get it. I mean, right? It, did you think it was a disappointment? I mean, it, it, I thought it was an inconvenience, for sure. I mean, it, obviously... That Albert got to 700 this year is amazing. amazing. Is amazing to begin with. And however that happened, I think most Cardinals fans are happy that it happened. Right. I mean, this is about Albert, and Danny Mac said that today. But one of the reasons I think that it is disappointing as a Cardinals fan is just that fact that you don't get that call immortalized on video with Danny Mac's voice, which is I think what we we all wanted. And you know, John Rooney and Danny Mac. John Rooney on the radio side, he got he got to do that, and Danny Mac was a part of that crew. Uh, class act by Danny Mac. You know, he he let John make both calls, and and that wasn't actually what they had they had planned. John Rooney said this morning, but it is a bummer for that reason. I think I think that most Cardinals fans, if there's only one part of it that I didn't love, is that Danny Mac didn't get to make the call. I mean, the pulls home runs they weren't cheap. <laughs> they were right. bombs. They were great. It was off a lefty and a righty, like everything about it. And and I actually thought the guy, I can't even tell you the guy's name. It would probably be a trivia question I one day. I thought he did pretty well. I thought he did well on the calls. Yeah. Uh, they were not bad calls. It's just, as a Cardinals fan, it you know, Brad Thompson talked about it on the fast lane. He's, just, he's watching it and you're thinking, really, Albert? Yeah. <laughs> you I, had to hit both tonight? Did you have to hit both tonight? I did think the this Apple broadcast was much better than the previous one earlier in the season. And I think yeah, that there's was been some rough ones because the play-by-play guy I think was so much better. All right, let's see if we can get Tim. I have him back up on the screen. Let's see if it works this time, Tim. Let's see if we can hear you. How's it going? Is this, we do? Are we have no, we have we have nothing. Just yeah. lips moving. No sound this time at all. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see. Let's try now. Test one. Two, yes. Yes. Three. I think we have clear sound. I think sound. we've got clear oh sound now. God. All right. All right. Tim. So let's let <laughs> yes. me back up. Let me go back up and ask the question again that we talked about before. So you you came on. Your show started um, when Danny Mac stopped when the season started again when he stopped when he started traveling again with the team. Right. And Bloom Bloom Party started up with you and Action Jackson and and it and I wanted to know what your reception was because me as one of the listeners um, I was like what the hell is this what happened to Danny Mac so <laughs> I wondered what you know what it was like for you guys and you know some of that backlash or whatever that change was for the listenership well I mean I'm used to hatred and <laughs> and if you do this and I've been doing it uh, I guess since the late 90s uh, I'm I'm kind of you you, I don't, you never get used to it used to it used to it like but it kind of doesn't it kind of goes in one ear out the other for the most part. Uh, so I, here's, here's the honest truth. I didn't, I was under the impression that we were just doing basically what we do on TMA the morning after, which has been on in St. Louis since 2004. Cause I do that from seven to 10 St. Louis time. And then going down the hallway for the one hour and just basically carrying it over, except with just me and Jackson. And uh, with the benefit of hindsight, I would have done like a dry run 
um, to familiarize with exactly what 101 ESPN wanted. And then after a day or two, I got the idea of what 101 ESPN wanted. And I'd like to think that it's kind of, uh, you know, been okay. Uh, it's, it's always subjective, I suppose. But um, and I'm talking about that as far as broadcasters go, because that's that's in the eye of the beholder. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would imagine if you're outside of St. Louis or you don't know about TMA, and that, that's a lot of people, uh, you had to be like, what in the hell is this? Because I recognize that uh, our style is a little more casual, I guess, than uh, than what people might be used to. So uh, that probably played a role in the initial horrifying uh, response from some of the people, which personally I was amused by. And <laughs> well, yeah, so uh, Josh and I are in Indianapolis, Indiana, which we told you before, but yeah. um, so I'd never heard of TMA ever until Balloon Party. Like that is what I heard about you and TMA and because of it. So I think a lot of people um, in St. Louis don't realize how far the Cardinals travel and yeah. how far that people from all over listen. Josh and I listen to 101 ESPN every day via streams. Um, the app, yeah, the app's great. Yeah, yeah, that app is outstanding. You're right. Yes, so we do that every single day. So it's a, it's a, I think it's a different world that people don't really think about. And then so you're just kind of thrown in there. Um, so, you know, I think that had to be difficult because every, everyone loves Danny Mac. Right. So, and then, so let, let's talk a little bit about, um, the call on Danny Mac. He was on, um, opening drive this morning yep. and you guys played a little bit of that on your show yeah. and he talked about passing over 700 call to Rooney. I mean, what do you know, Dan personally, when, what was yeah. that? Yeah. So what is, what do you think about that call? So, and, uh, Dan and I went to the same grade school. He's a couple years older than me, but I've known him since like, the mid eighties. Um, and we've done, a, we've had a couple of businesses together. We did a, a show together a few years. I like the, the, the off season, they signed uh Goldschmidt. So a few off seasons ago, I guess that was uh, November 18, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, and so we've known each other and he, he jokingly calls into TMA as caller Dan and he acts like, <laughs> a, and he acts like a ner nervous sports talk radio caller, you know, back in the day when people would call into sports talk radio stations. And he, you know, it's just a, it's a running joke and he'll text me throughout the show. So we're from the same neighborhood in South St. Louis and we've known each other forever. You know, you guys were, I, when I pop back in, hopefully uh, reconnecting much better than my initial connection. Much heard, better. Uh, that's great news. I'm sorry. <laughs> about that, man. Um, you talking about the call and the situation on Friday night and we had had for TMA, our golf tournament that day. Uh, and I was exhausted. It was just a long week of, of broadcasts. And, you know, the game's on the West Coast, as you were talking about. And I didn't realize the pool holes initially was hitting two. So I tuned in in the top of the second, thinking I was going to get a chance to see him hit in the middle of the order. And I saw he had already hit. And then I tuned in and saw him hit the home run off of Haney. Uh, and the first thing that popped in my mind, I'm like, I wasn't even thinking it was possible tonight. And I imagine a lot of Cardinal fans because of Apple TV or because of the late night start, didn't go into that game even really thinking about 700 being in play. Certainly mathematically, it was potentially there, but not really likely. And then once that happens and I'm exhausted, ready to go to bed, I'm going, oh man, I got to stay up. And then I thought this sucks because Dan might not get the call if he does it. So when I saw the ball go out, I was thrilled but as weird as it is to say about only the fourth time we've ever seen this in the history of the game, it's 
you know, it's kind of a bittersweet thing in, in the way that it went down. You don't want to complain because who would have thought that this was actually going to happen, especially yeah. two and a half months ago. But for it to happen when it was two home runs in one game on the West Coast, on Apple TV, um, considering what it could have been. And if you guys were listening on 101 this morning, I said this and I recognize that not everybody listening to this was listening to that. But imagine if. He hits 699, whether it be in Los Angeles or Milwaukee, and then they come back for the three games in St. Louis against Pittsburgh and what that anticipation would have been like. Oh, absolutely. It would have been electric. Yeah, it it would have been like a World Series kind of atmosphere. Every one of those at-bats until he got there, and I'd bet everything he would have gotten there. And so relative to what actually wound up occurring on Friday night at 1030 Central, um, to what it could have been, from a fan standpoint, it's it's disappointing, as weird as it is to describe it as disappointing, because it could have been this huge thing. And whether it be my parents or my wife's parents, the Apple TV thing, I'm all for Apple TV. Personally, I have it. I have it going on in, in front of me right now. But I also recognize that a lot of people, oftentimes older, don't have it. And also people wanted to hear Dan McLaughlin call that home run. And so that's unfortunate. I also said on the show this morning, considering the set of circumstances, it wasn't just with the Cardinals and Dodgers. It was with the Yankees and Red Sox. And I thought Apple TV and baseball could have really garnered some goodwill by saying, we can, in this specific instance, make these games available to the local audiences and put the local broadcasters on the calls um, and put it on free television or whatever, you know, the Yes Network in New York and Valleys in St. Louis. Uh, because, of course, the Apple TV thing is designed to get people to subscribe to Apple TV. I respect the business model. But in this case, this was a unique set of circumstances that the business model actually cost fans the ability to see a significant moment in baseball history. I don't know if anybody did anything wrong. It was just really kind of unfortunate. That's the word that I keep using. Yeah, and you talk about Apple. I'm not a big fan of having to have different locations to watch everything. Different apps. Yeah, every they did app. Have YouTube TV last year as well. Same with um, the NFL and Amazon. Like, I'm I don't like having to have different locations. Even though Amazon, I mean, even though the Apple one is free. Yeah. Um, you know, it wasn't a big deal. But you talk about your parents. You know, people's parents. My parents are in their 60s. And my mom watched, you know, she's in Southern Indiana and she was able to watch and she's texting me, oh my God, he did it, right? So I was shocked yeah. that she was able to do it and she had no problems, which is, you know, one thing to, to think about that. Yeah. I, I think it was, I was on a lot of Facebook groups trying to tell people it's free. Yeah. Here's yeah. a link. There's here's some, how you there's do some it. ignorance there for yes. sure. I mean, I had friends, I mean, we're both, Ron and I are both in our thirties. I had friends, you know, same age, 32, 33. They had, they had no idea that it was free to watch. Yeah. So they were like, well, I don't yeah. want to pay or I don't want to sign up for a subscription to Apple TV. I'm like, Hey, all you gotta do is download the app, Yeah, right. you know, and then you right. text them the link, to the app. I had to do the same thing with my parents. I yeah. just texted my dad, here, here click this, <laughs> click this link to the app and it'll pull it up. Um, but I tell you, man, you know, what, so we're on Eastern time in Indiana, mm-hmm. and I could go on a whole rant for about 30 minutes <laughs> of how dumb that is because there's actually parts of northern Indiana that are on central time. And it's, southern. Where I'm from originally is Evansville, Indiana, which is very Cardinals country, and it's central yeah. time as well. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. So so we had a 10-10 start time here, here in Indianapolis. Oh, man. Yeah. And so when he hit that first one, uh, I was watching in bed with my wife, and I said, he's going to hit another one. <laughs> 
He's going to hit the second one. I just know it's coming. We've got to stay up. So it was probably about 1145 here when it happened. And we went up like eight to zero. And I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed now. But, but, but it was one of those things when he hit that second one, it was immediate. Oh my gosh. And even my wife audibly was like, Oh, you know, and then I immediately thought the same thing. And Ryan and I had talked about it earlier in the day, how just how, how much of a bummer it would be if Dan didn't get to call it. And, and hearing the radio call later, of course, Dan, class act letting john really uh, call it and john did great on both calls and i thought that was awesome for dan to do that you know john's been in that medium for so long um and i know that that wasn't the plan they had planned to switch you know the innings with him and ricky um so for for danny mac to do that was awesome but you you know even watching that the two home runs the next day especially 700 i'm like man as a cardinals fan it's like you want that yeah. that call on video immortalized with Danny Mac's voice because Absolutely. he's he's a voice of the Cardinals, you, you know, know, and like Jackpot calls and everything yeah. throughout the history. Like yeah. Our open, right? Our open is all these great calls yeah. of of Jack Buck and Danny Mac and Joe Buck is on there as well. But uh, um, since you know Danny Mac so well, he tweets with us. He uh, likes our tweets. So if you ever tell him to get on the show, we've, oh, we've offered. But oh, he never you want is, him on the show? Absolutely, we want Danny Mac on the show. <laughs> We have. I can. Uh, well, he's probably off tonight, right? Yeah. No, we'll yeah, we'll no. even we'll even take the Danny Mac calling in as an anxious anxious caller. Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. <laughs> yeah. We'll take. He. I always say, hey, join the show. He never responds to those tweets. He, he always <laughs> responds to the other tweets, but not that one. Oh, let's talk a little bit more about your show. I'm. I want to give it all the pub we can to get people to listen to it because a lot of people I don't I don't think they know that it's there or that they are uh, confused by Danny Mac not being there because. Right. of that part but i think that this may be an insult or um you might like it depending on if you like <laughs> this person i think that you're a lot like conan o'brien self-deprecating but also good at what they do does that make sense yeah i, I take that as a great compliment okay good <laughs> so thank you i, I and and and, and, you, and honestly dead i say this very seriously because i started getting attacked in the late 1990s so i mean you're talking about a few decades of it now which, like I say, it comes with the territory. You, you find a broadcaster who, you know, starts to, to make a living from, from doing this stuff. It comes with the territory. It's a, and it's a weird deal um, because if you're on the outside looking in, you would think, understandably, that, uh, you know, it, it would rock your world. And again, I don't want to act like it's I'm Teflon, but versus the first time I got it at, at the University of Missouri, um, relative to net when, and it like, you know, owned my soul for 48 hours to now it just, you just kind of get used to it on top of it because of social media. If you, if, if you want to find hatred, you can go and you can go and find it. So you also train yourself to just go, okay, I know that's there. And if I'm in the mood where it's going to amuse me, I'll read it. And if it's the mood where it's going to piss me off, I'm not going to read it. So it's, it's one of those things. I just broadcast um, and do the show how we've always done the show, which is very loose format because it's the kind of stuff that I like. I like podcasts. You know, what you guys do is what I like. I personally don't like a bunch of guests where it's you only have a short amount of time and you kick. I like long form interviews. I grew up on Howard Stern um, and now I listen to almost, you know, exclusively podcasts. So I like long form interviews where you can get comfortable with the guest, kind of like, you know, we're sitting here BSing now. Uh, and so I have one hour on that show. I mean, I have three hours before the other one, sure. uh, EMA, but then I have that one and it's a kind of different style of show because it's more sports intensive, certainly. Um, but I, I appreciate, uh, the way that, uh, it seems like anyway, the audience has kind of gotten on board with, 
with what we do. Uh, and again, it's it's subjective, but I think people have, my understanding is anyway, people have gotten on board with it. And that's that's great because I really didn't, uh, I didn't come into this with a, with a plan per se, because I never really come in any shows with a plan, <laughs> which sounds terrible, but it's the truth. It's how I've been doing it forever, you know, doing television yeah. and radio. It's just kind of ad-libbing and BSing like you're talking with your friends, like you guys are, you know, talking about the Cardinals. Right. It's not, uh, uh, it's not hot take specials of just BS that it's no, just it's, terrible it's, things. Yeah. No, no, not, not, not tons of. Not tons of commentary and breakdown, but I mean, I like it for that. Like I said, we're on Eastern time here. So, so for us, it's, it's 11 AM to, to yeah. noon. Yeah. And I, I mean, just about every day, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got the app on and we're listening throughout the day, but once 11 hits going into launch, I've usually got that in my ear. And I like that it's casual because you can kind of come in and out pretty easy because it's conversational. Yeah. And for you, you know, you've got action Jackson to kind of <laughs> absorb some of the criticism. I mean, that might yeah. be my favorite part of the show sometimes is the text line. He's a oh, good sport too. So on, on TMA, <laughs> the texts i mean we get thousands of texts and our audience the text inbox as we call it on tma i mean they're all these guys save their names and for it's 95 percent guys in their (laughs) 20s and 30s and 40s and they send it it's like a roast it's like a three-hour roast that's the best way i can describe it we're getting lit up the audience is lighting each other up and that's what we do from from seven to ten every day central time uh, so for me to be able to go to the audience, just like what you guys do with Twitter, is a way to get that instant feedback. And you and and psychologically, you know what is a good faith either argument, so to speak, debate, for lack of a better term. Uh, and you also know what is kind of a good natured roast. And you can also intuitively, after doing this for so long, can tell when somebody's like really angry or kind of going off, you know, um, you know, bat crap for lack of a better term. <laughs> and you can kind of recognize it for what it is. But we like when people are kind of, you know, taking shots. That's that's the fun of it. And so that's what we're used to doing for the first three hours of our day. And sort of, you know, have that for an hour on 101 ESPN. Uh, and the audience knows that they can rip us. And, you know, that that that's part of the fun of the show for me. And for I mean, Jackson. And then that's friends, right? That's what Guy groups oh, do yeah, each absolutely. other, right? And that's Howard Stern, you know, used to be as well on TV. That's what I think of when I was going to yeah. sleep watching that when I was younger. Yeah. Well, there's one thing I want to ask you about. One of the first time I listened to the show, you said something, and I said, who the hell is this guy? What is he talking about? You said, I love this interview because I don't know where you're going with everything. Yeah. You <laughs> said, I thought we were going to go hardcore baseball. So we I'm will. We, we can. We, we can. <laughs> we, we can, you know, but uh, I like people to be able to come back and watch the show and not be just about that topical of that moment. Yeah, you know that way I mean? it's evergreen, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we sprinkle that in, definitely. But when I first listened, the first thing I heard you say, one of the first times I ever turned on Bloom Party was, I think I even texted Josh about this when it happened. I, you said Bush Stadium 2, the old one, is better than the new one. Yes. And you believe that, truly. Oh, well, yeah, of course. I do, of course. <laughs> and I can tell by the way you're asking that you don't share that. No way. <laughs> I've never heard that take before. Except oh, for, really? Yes. Man, you got to talk to some former Cardinals then. Okay. Please, yeah. Tell me more. Please, please tell sure. me more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean, I, I realize, I recognize, I know, I, I, I see social media. I don't really participate all that much. If I do, it's posting pictures of my family. So I'm not, uh, as I've said before, you use social media to 
to build your career. And then once you build it, then you use it to destroy your career. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm at 45 years old, I'm kind of laying low on it because I could say something and be like, Oh shit, I'm done. I don't By the way, I'm sorry if you can't cuss on this. Uh, oh like, no, you're good. It's the internet, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just out of respect for your show. Uh, so yeah. So Ed, anyway, I know Edmonds gets his ass lit up on Cardinal Twitter, right? That like he's trending constantly. Yes. Uh, so I'm aware of that. I've known Jim for, you know, I mean, not, not when I was doing television, uh, man, th- my second day at KMOV in St. Louis, which is the CBS affiliate. And I was 23, um, uh, and was thrilled to be working in my hometown. I just, I, I, I did eight months in Little Rock and then I got the job in St. Louis as an anchor and reporter. And it's my hometown, man. I'm, I love the Cardinals. And at the time, the Rams, which sounds like blasphemy now and the blues. And I went to Missouri. Uh, and that's all I want to do is work in St. Louis. And the next day, Edmonds got traded here. Uh, and so we've gotten to know each other. He owns a part of uh, or he owned a part of a business uh, that we had together inside STL, which owns TMA. And so I've known him for a while. Um, and he would talk about it all the time. Number one, that he just liked the ballpark better. But number two, that the ball, he said it, I remember back in 2006 when it opened, that the ball traveled much better in Bush Stadium, too, than it did in the new one. That I've heard. That that yeah. part I've well, heard. Yeah, probably... and, and, and at that point, it, that's that's public knowledge, obviously, yeah. because yeah. they talked about And even the... more so now with Ballpark Village yeah. and everything. Yeah. Back there. yeah. They, they, yeah, they talked about that, but that was so. This this is obviously because Ballpark Village didn't come along for six, seven years, but this was right. pre Ballpark Village when he was, you know, the center fielder for the World Championship team. And so, I also listen. Here's the here's the other part about it. So I'm probably ten to twelve years older than you guys. Um, my belief is, and I and I and you 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 get some self awareness with uh, with 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 the age. Uh, is whatever you grew up with is most likely when it comes to sports, the thing that you think is the best. And so I grew up with that stadium. I grew up with the AstroTurf of Whitey Herzog and Ozzie Smith and Willie McGee and Vince Coleman. And so I love that style of baseball. I remember barely the Cardinals winning the World Series in 82 and they were wearing the powder blue jerseys. And so that stuff is romanticized just like Bush Stadium 2 is. And then they move into a new ballpark. And I'm sure it's subconsciously that isn't the place of my childhood. I miss the place of my childhood. This thing is new. I don't like it as much. So I really think when it gets down to it, it's as simple and as biased as that. <laughs> um, but but that, that is my honest answer. I was really looking forward to them building that ballpark big time, man. Uh, I interviewed Jack Buck. It was one of his last television interviews. It was uh, 4th of July at his house in 2001. I worship, worship still present day, Jack Buck. Uh, So it was an honor to be at his house and do a television interview with him. And he was really campaigning for that ballpark to be built uh, because there was a lot of resistance to it in St. Louis. Uh, You know, these days there isn't a whole lot of public funding for stadiums relative to what was going on with both baseball stadiums and the NFL at that time. If you go back 20 plus years. And the Cardinals owners wound up, for the most part, funding that ballpark. And they were talking about moving to Illinois, not, you know, the, the, the eastern side of Illinois, but to, you know, just across the Mississippi River. And Jack Buck was, was campaigning for it. But the biggest thing that Jack Buck campaigned for was for redevelopment of downtown St. Louis and how it could positively impact the city. 
So I was a big fan of the ballpark doing that because I had traveled to Coors Field. I was actually at Albert Pujols' first game at Coors Field in 2001. And um, and I recall seeing uh, and hearing from people who lived in Denver how Coors Field had played a role in redeveloping uh, residential areas around Coors Field. So that's what I wanted to see in St. Louis. So I was a big proponent of the ballpark. But when it got built, I felt like it was like the 10th or 11th ballpark that kind of was a replica of of Camden Yards in 1992. And it just didn't it just didn't blow me away for what I had hoped a new Bush Stadium would be. And also the residential stuff hadn't really happened at the time. And it's still, relatively speaking, limited around there with just the, the one building. Yeah, I yeah, mean, I think I would. I think I agree with what you say, especially memories wise, the memories you build on that um, and being in Bush too. The first game I went to that I the earliest game I can remember is in '96. It was Ozzy Smith's final season, 41 years oh, old. Oh yeah, he still went out there and did. He still went out there and did the backflip on opening day. It's it's the earliest Cardinals memory that I have, and of course, you know, we went to some games when, when Big Mac was hitting home runs. Um, yeah, but I just don't. I, I it's hard to remember that. And so, like now looking back, the biggest memories I have. You know, 06, the first year of the sure. new park, winning the World Series. But it's just Absolutely. like you said, you look so fondly on that now. And then now with Ballpark Village and everything they've had, it's an awesome atmosphere. I think it's got that allure to it that, that a lot of other stadiums don't have with Ballpark Village. They're starting to do, probably replicate what St. Louis has done with Ballpark Village. Um, but I was yeah. going to ask, too, I think you mentioned on one of your shows, didn't you get a chance to take your son to a game this year? And Albert wound up oh hitting a home God, run. Man. So when you create memories like that, it ties to the ballpark as well. 100%. And that's it. while you were saying that, Josh, that's exactly what I was thinking is is now what the memories will be. I'll be thinking about my sons. I, we have a, uh, a five year old um, and a, a seven month old, um, eight month old, actually, uh, tomorrow. And uh, and so to be able to take them there, those are the memories. And I took him. Uh, Dan, actually, uh, he didn't publicize it, uh, speaking of another honorable gesture on his part, but uh, it was the day game against the Rockies when Pujols hit the Grand Slam. And um, it was about almost to the day. It was a matter of a couple of days from it being the 30th anniversary of my parents taking me to my first Cardinal game. Wow. In 1982, August of 1982. And... I wanted to wait to take him. This was my own thing because I recall, you know, being five years old, I can remember it and had the Cardinals lost the game and not done anything that year. I don't know if I'm doing what I do for a living. So for those of you who hate me, you have the 1982 Cardinals to blame for this whole thing. <laughs> um, because the the first game I went to, Lonnie Smith hit inside the park home run. And the next day, Glenn Brummer stole home, the famous Brummer stealing home. Uh, and two months later, they won the World Series. So imagine, you know, put yourself in that spot at five, six, seven years old, and you have all of that happen in a matter of 60 days, you're going to be hooked. It's like they say about gambling. Guys who get addicted to gambling, they probably won their first few times. Because if you lose, you go, okay, that's not for me. But if you win, and so I got hooked. And so this year, my main thought was, I want to make sure, even if my son winds up not caring, at least he'll be able to say he saw... Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, and Albert Pujols play. And maybe it'll mean something to him. Maybe it won't. And so I was texting with Dan, and uh, and he got the tickets for us for that day game against the Rockies. 
And the very first at bat my son saw of Albert Pujols, because we were a couple innings uh, late to the game, part of having a, a five-year-old, um, was that? Well, I mean, yeah, he was. He was. He pinch hit. He pinch yeah. hit. Uh, that's right. The second or third second, inning. Yeah, really early <laughs> right. in the game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and I'm you know I'm holding my phone up. I'm like, God, do I even want to bother with my phone? Because you're not expecting it. But I'm holding yeah. it up, and I pan over to him, and then I pan back to the, and he hits a grand slam. And his first at bat. And one of the coolest things about it, outside of the fact that that occurred, was how happy Dan Dan texted me right away from the broadcast booth. Awesome. Uh, and how many people listening who are TMA listeners or 101 ESPN listeners were either DMing me or emailing me. And the next day on the show, they were so happy that that got to happen um, because they either remember it for themselves or they remember it for their kids and they know how much that means. And that was a really powerful cardinal moment. Um, so yes, that was an incredible thing, and I'm incredibly grateful that uh, I was able to experience that with my wife and my son. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean the it's memories so awesome. you make with your kids, and I remember you talking about it the next day on Balloon Party because I remember you saying, "I believe that your son, the fireworks, scared the hell out of him." <laughs> that's uh, correct. Yes, because that said that's what would happen, and I laughed and I go, "What were you?" And then the next yeah. day, I'm like, "Well, I'm sorry." Yet again, piddles. <laughs> yeah, same thing that happened with. Well, I've got a two-year-old son. Ryan and I both is about around two years old. Um, I've got a daughter as well, but I've got a daughter that's twelve. And she's gotten really big into softball this past year. The last couple of years really has gotten in the Cardinals games with me. And yeah. I've taken her a couple of times. And so oh, that's got to be the best, right? Yeah, just getting to tell her about Pujols and, like, who this guy is. And it's so funny. You know, she, I was showing her the highlights of his two home runs the other day. And she got to see him from Apple TV. You didn't, and then, you didn't keep her up? Come on. No, she didn't get to stay <laughs> up for that one. Uh, but she had one of her little friends over. And she's showing her later. And there's another friend of hers who plays softball. And she's like, well, who's Albert Pujols? And my daughter's like, well, you don't know who Albert Pujols is? Like, <laughs> he's like the greatest hitter ever. And it's, it's so cool. And I was just at the game um, a few weeks ago when they got shut out by the Reds. Unfortunately, I was hoping to see maybe 699 or 700. Yeah. But you had you had fans behind me with their kids, you know, telling their kids the same thing. Like, hey, this is why everybody's standing up. And this is who this is. And this is why it's so historic and incredible. And it it's just so cool, man, especially seeing him as a, you know, as a high schooler, early, you know, 12, 13, 14, like, especially my daughter now at 12, I'm like, I was your age when he was winning MVPs. Yeah, and to see this come yeah. full circle now, I mean, how we say it all the time, how can you not be romantic about yeah. baseball? It's incredible. Yeah, and Ryan's had some amazing memories this season with his son. You've gotten to meet Nolan Gorman and all yeah, kinds of stuff. I, we've traveled to Boston and my son, he's almost two. He, and he got, I've told the story on here, but Nolan Gorman's home run ball, he hit in Boston. And then uh, the Cardinals reached out, and uh, wanted and Nolan wanted to sign it. So we were able to go to the clubhouse. You got, your son got Nolan Gorman's home run ball in Boston. Yeah, and so then we were able to go and uh, go back when I got back to St. Louis. We got to go and meet Nolan. He signed a bat. It's he wrote it. No a, way, off, man! Oh, That's it's just incredible. incredible. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, he 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 brought a bat out. My son is two. You know, he doesn't he doesn't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I mean, right, but my, right. my my son's first game was five months old. Opening day, COVID you know 2.0 like whenever there was yeah. like no no fans there but right. this is this is religion to me this is where we go and this is what we do is go to cardinals games but so he's ingrained and he has no choice but to, <laughs> to live it but uh but but oh, yes so i didn't expect anything except nolan to sign a ball for him sign yeah. the ball for him and that right. was it and then he brings out uh his probe his uh player style bat 
autograph. My son is Marshall. Said to Marshall, uh, always live your dreams. Always, always follow your dreams. Autographed. I mean, it was just just incredible. Um, so yeah, we. Oh, that's um, awesome. Yeah, man. what a great story. That's yeah. So, cool. so Good for you guys, that's the best. Uh, back to a little bit to the old Bush Stadium, like. I, that's where I grew up going to games as well. Not, I'm not as old as you, so I don't have as many memories there. But yeah. um, my memories even start in, in a suite because my mom worked for Schnooks in southern Indiana, and we always got to go to suites in the oh, Schnooks yeah. suite. And so like that was like good game, like going to suites and being able to get really spoiled. So it's, it was really – I understand what you're saying about the memories part, but when in the new stadium being built, I was like, I don't understand why it's needed. But then when it opened, I was like, ah – this is what it needed. The new style, the new style. I've been to 24 stadiums now. And, you know, that is that style that you talked about since Camden, that this, you know, it's that style, but it's the better style since those types of cookie cutter stadiums and yeah. the, the areas outside of, but yes, baseball is religion in my household. And if you can't really see everything behind me, but this basement, oh, I, can, is I just... can see what you guys have set up. It's a lot better than the little kitchen I have in my yeah. basement. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're in Ryan's stuff. basement. He's got plenty of signed There's memorabilia stuff everywhere. <laughs> and the Nolan bat and the ball and his first home run ticket is right there as well that he signed for me that day. I mean, I have all kinds of stuff, but, uh, but yeah, so if you want, we can talk baseball. I know we only you only. No, I'm, no, I'm, ha- I'm happy okay. to talk about whatever. I just I'm, I'm, I tip my cap for the questions yeah. because no, uh, yeah, yeah, you've engaged me. So yeah. well done. <laughs> well, yeah, I know we also said 20 minutes, but we're now at 36. Oh this man, I, I keep people all the time. This, this is, is normal for us. We go yeah, an hour, no, it's, hour it's and totally, 45 minutes. Totally and we're cool like, oh, sh- okay. Totally so cool. let's talk a little bit about Goldie. That's my next yeah. worry. The things that have kind of changed. Well, last... We had a we had a question come in actually from Gateway City. Oh, yeah. What's your biggest concern with the Cardinals heading into the postseason? Well, there we oh we have lots of questions. Sorry, yeah. I didn't see any of these. We're just talking. You know, we're not even. Uh... Why not? <laughs> um, but my my concern is the narrative is kind of switching of Goldie MVP. You know, Goldie Triple Crown. You know, that's dead. Goldie MVP. It's not going to happen now. People are thinking. I personally don't see that how it can change. You know, there's there's eight games oh, left. Up the odds, right? You guys know if you listen to Balloon Party, I like the odds. Oh, yeah. I can, I'd be curious if you looked at it by chance. What the I ha- uh, Las Vegas number? I haven't are seen all. the change. I know it was as of oh. last week was still uh, minus thirty five hundred or something crazy. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. last week was unbelievable. Still, and uh, by the way, I, I pulled this up too. But um, you talked this morning on your show about the Albert Pujols odds of hitting seven hundred before the season. It was it was yeah. min- it was minus one thousand, and I bet it. And I, it was minus one thousand or plus a thousand. Sorry, plus one thousand. Sorry. Oh, plus okay. 1, so it was ten to one. All it right. It was ten to one, and I bet it at five bucks before the season started, and I won fifty-five bucks. It just cashed. But how about that? Yeah. Wow. Tip of the cap, man. Well, well we, done. Josh, and I both predicted that he would hit seven hundred on uh, on here, and I, I bet it. I, that's that how much a, I believe. That was in a it. heart. We we did that one with a heart. I, I respect a nice little emotional proposition <laughs> bet. It was only five that. bucks, right? It wasn't much yeah. to lose, but yeah, you're free rolling and doing yeah. double the pleasure when he did it. No, yeah. man. I I have with regards to Goldschmidt. I don't know. You know, you guys are obviously huge fans and in, in, uh, of, of the Cardinals, so you may remember I you heard me talk about the 2009 Cardinals because I keep bringing them up, and I feel like they're this forgotten great team. And the thing that stands out to me about the 2009 Cardinals is they were an outstanding team that is probably barely remembered by Cardinal fans because they were swept out of the playoffs in the first round by the Dodgers. And the one thing that is concerning to me right now is the Cardinals of 2009, the Cardinals of 2022 uh, have something in common, and that is playing really subpar baseball 
in the month of September. And the narrative in 2009 around here at the time, and I was doing TMA, of course, uh, you know, back in 2009 was, oh, they'll flip the switch. They're too good. They'll flip the switch. And then the time came for the series to start up with the Dodgers and there was no switch flipping. Matt Holiday dropped a, a fly ball that would have ended game two. Yeah. And, and that was certainly uh, significant. And they had questions at closer. And once they lost game two, they were eliminated pretty painlessly back at Bush Stadium in what was John Smoltz's last ever appearance in a major league uniform. And so I think that this team had concerns offensively at the trade deadline, but because of two things, I think it kind of flew under the radar. Number one, the need for starting pitching, which to the Cardinals' credit, they absolutely tended to. Um, but number two, what was going on with the Juan Soto discussion? And so it, I think for some people became Soto or bust when in reality the offense still was intended to. And I think some of the numbers right now are a bit misleading when people look at, well, look at the Cardinals and how they rank offensively versus other teams in baseball. If you dig into those numbers, a lot of that productivity offensively has come against some of these poor teams who are in the National League Central and the Cardinals play a good amount more. And then you can also look at some of the, the doormats in the other divisions, and they've benefited from that. Now, of course, logic dictates that when you're playing a better team, odds are they have better starting pitching, and then therefore you're not going to have as much offensive production. But what concerns me about the Cardinals is the Cardinal offense was really built around these guys in the middle, and lately they have truly been struggling. The one thing that I hold on to with it is I can't imagine Paul Goldschmidt isn't going to get this right. I just can't imagine that. Um, so in a way, as weird as it sounds, I'm glad it's happening because the Cardinals are going to be the three seed. I think there's basically nothing they can do. I mean, outside of the Mets and Braves, you know, just absolutely losing everything and they play each other, I think this weekend. So it's not possible. And the Cardinals winning everything. So they're the three seed and you have some time to get it right. You finish with six against the pirates. It's like an exhibition series and, uh, and then see what you get. I'll tell you this, and I don't know where you guys are on it, um, but it, I, I don't want to see the Padres. I feel like the Padres, and that has nothing to do with what just took place this past weekend. I just feel like the Padres have the starting pitching and have the potential in their lineup to be a team that could do some real damage this year. Uh, it's not like you can pick and enjoy a, an opponent, especially in a best of three, but the Padres and who they can throw at you uh, that's, that's something that, that concerns me. So I, I, when I watch these scores come in at night, I always am kind of hoping that the Padres wind up as the four seed, uh, or, uh, or five seed and the Cardinals avoid them because that team, that team as a Cardinal fan scares me. I don't know where you guys are on it. Do you have a, a thought on the preference of the first round? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I mentioned this to Ron last week. I think that I don't think I would want to play the Padres either, mainly for the starting pitching. Um, yeah. Yeah, and we saw it. I mean, it is recency bias, but Blake Snell, totally different pitcher this year than last year. He yeah, was I mean, really, really good. Heat, man, Joe Joe Musgrove's nasty. Um, I mean, they've got some really good starting. I mean, even without Tatis, you know, Juan Soto is going to turn it around eventually, just the same way you think that Paul Goldschmidt would. Machado, if you look at the numbers offensively, has been a, a, almost as good or about the same as Nolan Arenado this yeah. season. He's having a very good year. Mm -hmm. Um. And then with the Phillies, I think, you know, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler scare me a little bit. I know Wheeler's had some injury things going on. But they're, I mean, I think, like, their bullpen's not 
as great one yeah. the Phillies yeah. and even their big boppers like Schwarber Harper I think we've got some guys now like Quintana Montgomery we've got some lefties and even the bullpen you look at what Zach Thompson and Jojo Romero were doing this weekend they looked fantastic yeah. so they're gonna they're gonna you know, factor into the postseason. I definitely think it's a better matchup with the Phillies. Um, I think it'd be a better matchup with the Brewers. Honestly, that that might be who I would rather have just because their offense doesn't scare me, even though they do have Corbin Burns and he is tough. But all three of those games at home, I think I'd rather play the Brewers, honestly, than, than anyone else maybe. Sure, if I were ranking, it would be the Brewers. I, the, what we, what Cardinal fans, I would imagine, would want is that the Brewers and Phillies and Padres are cannibalizing each other, and, yes. they, and they need to go fighting all the way until that final day. And they don't uh, get to stack up their rotation exactly. Exactly. How they want. I mean that that now that means you would get you would see a, a Burns because the series would be in St. Louis Friday, Saturday, Sunday, just bang, 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 just like that, and away we go. Um, but yeah, I just look at the Padres and go, man, that that concerns me. If the Cardinals can get past them, and I don't know how you guys feel about this also, and I've, I've talked a little bit about it on the shows, I feel like this year, and I don't know what I can compare it to, but the National League has so much depth as far as quality teams. Especially, I mean, you line it up against the American League, it's, it's obvious, but even taking the American League comparison out of it, the Dodgers are you know in a, in a class by themselves, but then you look at the Mets and who they can throw at you. The Braves were super hot. That's cooled down um and then you get into the teams that would be in the wild card mix going beyond the cardinals and how great they were playing up until a few weeks ago and we just talked about them and then what the padres could do the padres were when i bet it plus 2800 to win the world series and plus 1400 i think to win the national league and again that's not saying i think they will but just like you guys did with 10 to 1 on pools you just see value in it and i just look at the national league and i'm going man i'm thinking when the cardinals have gone to the world series and whether it be you know, 13, 11, 06, uh, 04, I didn't, like, for example, when the Cardinals, I was out in LA when the Cardinals beat the Dodgers in 2004, we weren't, it wasn't even on our minds that the Cardinals could lose that series, which is a really weird thing to think in baseball, because as we've seen, you can, you can lose to anybody. Um, but now I realize the Dodgers are dominant, but it, I, I suppose minus the Phillies or Brewers, anybody else coming out of the National League wouldn't surprise me. And I think you have an incredibly deep, high caliber talent pool of four or five teams in the National League that could really win the World Series. And I don't I don't recall feeling that way going into previous postseasons. And maybe I'm missing an obvious one. I know that in 2015, the National League Central was was incredibly strong. The Cardinals won 100 games, and the Pirates and Cubs were both right there. But um, as far as the depth of talent in the National League, I feel like this whoever gets out of the National League will have survived a, a hell of a labyrinth. Well, yeah, I look at it as I don't really care who we play in this wild card because – if we don't hit, it doesn't really matter, right? Yeah, it, it, you're gonna like, be, yeah, you're gonna get beat by whomever. Yeah, it doesn't yep. like if Goldie's doing what he's supposed to do, and Nolan is doing what he's supposed to do, and Pools is there for the theatrics and be able to hit bombs because he's old and he's riding out. Then I'm good with it. Like they're gonna win because of it, and it's and then because of how the format is, we're gonna skip someone good, one of these teams that are really good, whether you know the Dodgers or the right. Mets, or you know we're gonna not have to go through a gauntlet because of that. Um, because of how the setup is this year. So I think it's more about getting the guys on track, and then you know I, I feel better about it because the pitching is so much more solidified, even though there are worries with Wayno and, and stuff like that that people have 
because of the dead arm situation. But I'm going to pull up this. I don't know if you can see it on your screen, but I don't know if you have a family member by this name. But uh, <laughs> Thomas Hardy says, hey, Tim, you look great. Best in the business uh, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you guys are getting a little taste of the uh, TMA <laughs> experience with that. That is uh, one of the running jokes on uh, TMA is that I am, uh, you know, all, uh, all you know, in, in my own little world of uh, greatness. And it's just a running joke. And uh, Thomas Hardy is uh, is participating in the, uh, the running joke. Or it could be my father. E- either one. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Well, I was telling Ryan, this is what we were talking about earlier. I mean, and we just said it, you know, if they don't hit, we're in trouble. And this offense goes through through Arenado and Goldschmidt. And we, we've gone over the numbers tons of times. But, I mean, September, really since August 31st to today, has just been extremely rough for these two. Goldie's hitting 230, um, only three home runs, 13 RBIs. Um, actually, sorry, that's Arenado. Goldschmidt's even worse at 225 yeah, average, two home runs, rough. seven RBIs. Um, and that, that series this weekend w- was rough for him. I think he was one for 11 with five or six Ks. It was, it's just been tough. Yeah, and, but historically, I looked this up, by the way. Historically, Goldie sh- struggles in the early month and the last month. September is his yeah. worst month of he the year. He always starts off slow. So is, right. it, a, is it a weather thing? Because Goldie hasn't played really much in, in the playoffs, right? There hasn't been much nope. going on there, so we don't know what he looks like in the playoffs. That's true. Is in it, Arenado, too. Yeah, so is it is it the weather? Literally, when they say it heats up, so does Goldie. So now it's cooling off, and so is this the Goldie that we're going to get? I think that's the worry. And I have another uh, family member on there for you, too. Slew High School legend they put up there. (laughs) (laughs) So nice. St. Louis and the high schools. Gotta love it. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. So, yeah, so I don't know if if it's great concern because of that, or we just think they're going to get out of it. I don't know. I don't don't. What do you think, Tim? You think it's something that they're going to get out of? Because it's Goldie, or is it something I, I, I think, bigger? I think I'd be very surprised if between now and whenever the Cardinal season comes to an end, and ideally, from my standpoint, it's it's with a win over the Yankees in the World Series. I've been dying to see the Cardinals play the Yankees in the World Series. Uh, That'd be great. Oh, yeah. that's right. I, I <laughs> Especially with Bader there. there. You'd have oh, so many yeah. storylines. Storylines, Montgomery Bader, yeah. Um, but it, if it ends, uh, what, uh, here in a couple of weeks, if it ends in a month and a half, whatever it is, um, I'd be shocked if Paul Goldschmidt is continuing trending along the numbers that, that you just recited. I, I really would be. What concerns me, though, are the pieces around Gold, Goldschmidt and Arnau. That's what that's where I go, oh, man, because you look at the outfield and you go, who's it yeah. going to be? That yeah. is a, that's a monster concern. And I don't know how they will handle shortstop. Obviously, considering these games kind of don't matter from a standing standpoint, realistically, uh, barring a mathematical phenomenon, they're trotting Paul DeYoung out there because they, you know, talk about the glove, but he just looks lost. It's so it, bad. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's borderline sad. Uh, and so, I just you, if Goldschmidt gets right, great, but he can't do it by himself. I've, I've seen one player win one series in my in my lifetime as a baseball fan. It was 2013 and David Ortiz. Uh, it's very rare for one player to win. You put that on Mike Matheny, and too. we just yeah. kept on <laughs> pitching to it. <laughs> yeah, as yeah. you can say, Madison Bumgarner the final year, but yeah, the following year, yeah. But, but position player wise, that's that's about that's about it, and so. He, somebody else is going to have to get going. Um, and uh, yeah. And, and also you made reference uh, a little earlier, Ryan, to the, the Wainwright and the dead arm thing. 
that I, I'd like to think it's not a concern, but now it's gone on here for what are we talking? Four or five starts. There was one good one in there in the yeah. middle, but otherwise it's been it's twenty four innings now, Tim, in September. Yeah. He's got a six three eight ERA and a four point one six fifth. It's, it, it, it's been really rough. Yeah, and I and I just and I think and I also think here's the other thing for the casual Cardinal fan, and I would put all I would take all three of us out of that. For what I do for a living, and you guys doing a show, we're we're going to fall into the fanatic category. For the casual Cardinal fan, what have they been paying attention to over the last month? Albert Pujols and the 700 home runs. Uh, so that has been the focal point. It takes me back to the days of McGuire in '98, but the team was no good in '98. Right. So everything was around McGuire, and once he made an out in the eighth inning, the ballpark would would be empty. Uh, this team is a really good team but they have fallen off. And also there's no real race and there really hasn't been a real race for a long time, baseball time, long time. And so I don't know if Cardinal fans are as in tune to how rough the team, not pools, but the team has performed because everything, at least around here, and I don't know how it is for you guys observing, observing it has been built up around Albert Pujols. Well, now that is, you know, it's, it's still going on, but the number has been achieved and the playoffs start in, what are we talking here? Like 11 days. Yeah. And they're just, they're just not trending in a good direction. And that, that does concern me. Um, that doesn't mean that I think they're done. I want to make that clear, but there are problems and the problems haven't really been discussed because we have this, individual accomplishment phenomenon going on with no pennant race and nothing to even really fight for as far as the standings go. And so it's flying under the radar. And that's a, that's a unique set of circumstances that you know you're going to the playoffs, you know you're going to be the three seed as much as you can know without officially knowing. And so I think fans are kind of taking their eye off of um, the team struggles. And so unless you're, you know, doing a podcast like you guys are or doing the shows that I do, you may not be aware that the team, even in games that they were winning, weren't really playing great baseball. And it goes back a few weeks right now. So I am concerned about it. I'm concerned about it from a, the offensive standpoint and from a starting pitching standpoint. They're, they're yeah. going to be tested. Yeah, the starting pitching is getting, getting worrisome. We, when we've talked about Ryan and I on here and off, you know, where do you go with rotation? And BT, I don't know if you heard any of the fast lane today. He, he actually said what I've been thinking. I think at this point right now, like if the playoffs were to start today, I think I would start either Michaelis or Quintana first, depending on the matchup, one of them, one or two. And I might go Flaherty in a game three at this point. And I know that's crazy to say because he's only had a handful of starts. But his last start, even though he had the four walks, Six innings, two runs, nine Ks. Tim, he was throwing 96, 97 yeah. pretty, pretty regularly that game. The slider was back. And I think if you go another start with Wainwright, with what he's had, it's going to be tough. I mean, I don't think Ollie's going to do it because I think, I think Waino's earned the benefit of the doubt. And I don't know how you don't pitch him and in a wild card. And run. Wainwright at home. And Wayno at less, home. And less worries there. Same too. thing with Michael. Most likely but, a day game, and I'm telling you, those day playoff games with the shadows. Yeah. Him and that breaking ball. I don't know if you remember him pitching against Scherzer oh, yeah. in game two. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just like if anybody could make contact, it was a miracle. Michael Taylor somehow hit a home run. Yeah, of all people. I know, man. I couldn't believe that. But, you know, it's funny. You guys bring up what the rotation would be, and I had Dan on on, on Thursdays. He's on – one-on-one with me and I asked him I think it was this past Thursday too what would you did, and I don't know if either one of you heard it uh he went with uh Montgomery one Wainwright two Michaelis three so now 
in fairness, we have collected some more data since then right. was Joe. So, you know, because yeah. it's not apples to apples as far as the information. We've seen, what, three or four games since then. Yeah, the yeah. Cardinals had the day game on Thursday, and Dan was calling that, and then the three in L.A. So you now have more information. Wainwright has yet another rough outing, albeit just three innings. But still, that's concerning. And so it's a, it's a legitimate question. I'd be curious. And I think what you guys said earlier, the matchup will dictate, um, you know, if it's the Phillies, then you might be more apt to go lefty. And if it's the Padres, you might be more apt to go righty. Um, but I would I would be shocked, shocked. I mean, talk about betting. I would bet everything I have. Adam Wainwright's going to get the ball unless yeah. he actually has some kind of uh, material circumstance with his with his arm. Right. You got to think, you know, Quintana was so good. I mean, what's the what's the harm in having him ready to go out of the bullpen too, right? If right. if Wainwright or somebody's not yeah. what you're expecting cuz I am with Dan even with the new data, the new I still think it's going to be Montgomery and Michaelis and Wayno in some order depending on matchups. Right. I I just don't see it any other way just because of how the season has unfolded. But you can have a short leash, leash on somebody if if you expect it not to go a certain way. I mean, if, if you see that, and Quintana's been so good in his last two starts, and Dakota Hudson has been very good out of the bullpen and his starts as well. Yeah. So I think you can have that that escape hatch ready yeah, to go. Yeah, you just got to be ready. I mean, when you're talking yeah. a best three, which I don't think any of us have ever seen, and we have as yeah. far as the series goes. I mean, Tony LaRusa, from my standpoint in 2011, guys, I feel like LaRusa, unintentionally, by the way, originated that which has become commonplace in baseball postseasons out of necessity. And that was the quick hook with Kyle Loesch, Jaime Garcia, and Edwin Jackson, because he had to. Uh, I recall in the Phillies series in 2011, it was game three. He left Garcia out there a little too long. He gave up a home run to some random, and uh, <laughs> it, it nearly cost him. And going forward after that, minus Chris Carpenter starts, he was pulling guys in the third and fourth innings, and, and that's what you had to do. And now that is commonplace. So I would imagine you would see Ali Marmol if somebody is getting roughed up. I don't care who they are in the second or third inning. You don't have the luxury of going, okay, well, it's just game one. We'll get them in game two. Game two, your season could be over in 24 hours. Yeah. So this would be a totally different set of circumstances that, that we're used to even with a game five. The urgency is there from the very first pitch, unlike any other playoff series that any of us have ever seen. Yeah, and I'm curious too how much maybe postseason experience is going to factor into this because obviously on this staff right now, Wainwright by right. far has the most postseason starts. But actually, if you look at after that, who would you guess has the second most postseason starts on this rotation after Wayno? Oh, Flaherty would be my guess, but Flaherty. Yeah, that's my guess? guess. I don't know. I mean, because there's not a lot of depth. There's not a lot. Yeah. It is Flaherty. I, yeah. That's, is it Flaherty? It is, it is Flaherty. Flaherty I was, has. I was flipping a coin on Michaelis and Flaherty. Yeah, Flaherty has four. Quintana actually has three. Oh, I didn't even think Because he had Quintana. some time with the yeah. Cubs. And then yeah, Michaelis. The starts, yeah. yeah, Michaelis two, because he's had the injuries some the last couple of years. And the Montgomery's actually only had one postseason start with the Yankees, because yeah. I know they've utilized him in other ways. Um, I and that's And that's my thing with Jack. I think it may be in a deciding game, because when we've seen him in the postseason, he's been nails. Oh, yeah. I mean that that 2019, you was, know, against the yeah. Braves, even in the in the National Series, he pitched well. He he's been really good. And I know, different year, he's had the injuries, but it, for me, again, if he if he has another start where he cuts down on the walks and his velocity's still there and the sliders there and he's striking out the world, even if it is the Pirates, I I don't know how you don't you can throw see him in, in there. I can see but him. you can see him out of the bullpen. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, My worry with that is it turns into a Michael Waka 
sure bullpen thing. I don't want to see that. Right. <laughs> well, Tim, we don't we don't want to monopolize all your time, but we have one last question from yep. um, a listener watcher. Gino. Uh, Gina, uh, Gene says, uh, last one for me. How do you see the Cardinals outfield shaping up for 2023? Will O'Neill be there? Jordan Walker start the season with the big club. Any concerns with Carlson? All right. Uh, I will uh, answer concisely. Uh, O'Neill, I will say, will not be in St. Louis. I, I just if I, if I had to like make plays here. Uh, I would say Walker will be. And to answer the question, am I concerned about Carlson? Yes. And I don't really know how how uh, somebody watching the Cardinals couldn't be. Um, the Cardinals clearly made a choice not to say that they were choosing. I think that would be a false narrative to present. But when the Soto discussions were going on, John Mazalak said, I walked up to Dylan Carlson and they were in Washington. I let him know you're not going to be traded. Uh, so the Cardinals, at the very least, weren't going to part with Dylan Carlson, whether it be it was as simple as Juan Soto for Carlson. We know that's not the case. But this has not been a good set of circumstances. And yes, sometimes it does take guys a couple of years to, you know, find their offensive groove. But this is at a point, to me anyway, that is that is concerning. Um, it, it wouldn't be the first time that we've seen a, a hallowed prospect just really struggle at the big league level. We could probably rattle off 10 since 2000. Um, the, the Cardinals have had that they've been really excited about and didn't work out when the time came to get to the major league level, certainly not to the expectations that the player had. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, I think what's going on with, with his injury situation, his ability to stay on the field, the tough thing about parting ways with him now is his stock was so high. Yeah. 10 months ago right or months ago and now you'd be selling him at, at, at a low value um so i don't know what kind of return you would get and i really do think the jordan walker thing i think you have a phenom there and considering the outfield set of circumstances uh i would i really do if i had to bet i would say he's gonna be in there and i'll tell you this little fun fact for no one tell i won't identify the player but a former cardinal who you would all would recognize anybody watching this or listening to this would um texted me during the show a few weeks ago and said i would like to see the cardinals bring walker up in september not just because of his ability but so he could spend a month with albert pujols yeah uh, and uh you know obviously the cardinals decided against that but um there's just a real belief inside the organization that this guy you know, you've heard of Carlson's before. Um, and by that, I mean, there have been guys like Carlson, but we haven't seen a lot of walkers. Uh, at least I haven't. And uh, th that, that takes this to another level. So, yes, I'm concerned about Carlson. If you said you got to bet X amount of dollars on O'Neill being here, I'd say no. And I do think Walker will start the season with the Cardinals in 2023. I love that. I, I love that. I, I told you that the other day. I Look, I, I'd, I think, I'd be surprised to see him uh, from spring training. There. I think if he comes in and blows the cover off spring training, Tim, if you remember, what was it, 17 or 18, that spring training that Jordan Hicks came yeah. in and just jumped triple yeah, He didn't yeah, have one game. Yep. Didn't have one game of Triple A. Now, totally different. I mean, sure. Hicks is, was 20 throwing 104 uh, different positions. But I think if he comes in and does that because of the need now in the outfield. There's a need. That, that's, if there was just one spot. but There's three. Point, there's three. You, that's the thing. Who do you even put in there in ink right now for 2023? Yeah. It is okay. a real issue. It's, and it's not even really a real issue for 2023. Unfortunately, it's a real issue for 2022. It is. It, it is. My fear with it is similar to the Nolan Gorman treatment of – 
fans whenever it goes bad it's a it's a pile on and it, it just right. feels it just you know it's not good but you know John Mozeliak put um him with Oscar Tavares and Albert Pujols. That's what I was going to say. Tavares is the only guy in recent memory, memory that, I can think of on that level, that, prospect-wise. Put, put him in the same category yeah. of, of yeah. his bat speed and all that stuff. So he's going to have even more on his shoulders than Nolan Gorman did when he came in because everyone expected Nolan Gorman to hit 30 home, run, home runs, which he was still on pace to do. between. He had 29 between yeah. the two leagues so this year, so he was still there. But, yeah. you know, but uh, you know, that's where I fit. I just would be shocked to see him immediately out of the gates because of, like, I think more of the pressure of coming out of that is only th- my thoughts on it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Hire somebody outside the organization, but there's just, yeah. it, from my standpoint, there are three needs at the moment. Maybe they'll change. Maybe somebody will emerge here over the next few weeks. I mean, if you would have told us in mid September uh, of 2011, that David freeze would become, you know, essentially <laughs> right. a deity, yeah. you would have thought it was crazy. Cause he really wasn't playing all that well. And you got to uh, have a guy like that in the playoffs. The Giants right. had it with a guy You're like Marco Scudero. Need somebody Scudero. beyond Goldsmith and Arnado to, yeah. to go off. Just need people to get hot. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, Tommy Edmonds literally the only guy that's been that's, that's, the, that's, that's had a good month. But yeah, it's it's just been really rough. But I also wonder subliminally if it's just human nature. Once you get a big lead, and you also can't really catch anybody that you kind of just, you know, you take your foot off the gas. It, it, I mean, I don't yeah. know how many times we've seen it. The 06 Cardinals, we saw them yeah. be the beneficiaries of the Tigers having a full week off before they played games. Sure. You know, there's something to be said for having to fight constantly night after night after night when other teams might be relaxing. We saw it and how it worked out for the Cardinals in, in 2011. So, you know, I, 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 I'm by no means ruling the Cardinals out. I want to make that clear. I'm, I'm bullish on the Cardinals. I just think relative to how many concerns there are at the moment, the level of discussion of, amongst Cardinal fans about the concerns is in inverse because so much of the attention has been on Albert Pujols and understandably so. And also because there really isn't a pennant race, even though the Cardinals are 11 days away from starting the postseason, And that's just a rare set of circumstances. Um, but when they get back uh, going here, I just can't see Paul Goldschmidt finishing the season postseason yeah. included. The way he's, it's just not who he is. The Wainwright thing, if that's a health thing, that's a different set of circumstances. But Paul Goldschmidt hitting, that's something I would bet on. We just need to see somebody else uh, emerge as well offensively beside those guys in the middle of the order. All right. We appreciate the time. I'll ask you three questions. You just answer yes or no. See where they are. Is Wainwright a Hall of Famer? Uh, No. Did the Cardinals win the World Series in 2022? No. Ooh. Do the Cardinals change the, uh, the outfield walls? Uh, change the outfield wall, like move them in. Yes, please. Oh, yes, I wasn't prepared for Mo- that. Mosellock has uh, mentioned it, you know, and Blogger Day, we were there. Yeah. He mentioned uh, it's been on. They've been it's, doing. Uh, they've been doing studies. They've been yeah, doing I know. I know, I know they discussed it. Yeah. I didn't know that it was back live. Uh, as far as another possibility, if, if my if if my answer is for twenty twenty three, it's no. If you give me a five year window, I would say yes. Well, yeah. All okay. Right. In that case. <laughs> To your first question, if Wayno comes back next season, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Well, it depends on how he performs. Here, here's here's my roundabout way to get Adam Wainwright into Cooperstown. I think Adam Wainwright could become for, uh, you know, I'll say our generation, if I can include myself in your generation. Uh, I, the I don't even know who is a former player who is considered to be the guy, whether it be with baseball or football or basketball or hockey. I just think his ability as a broadcaster. 
his knowledge, his likability, his willingness to give an opinion, but not make it personal, keep it professional. Um, he could be, you know, the next whomever. I mean, I, I, I guess McCarver was doing it for years and years. Obviously, Smoltz is doing it now. Like a Tony Romo, I guess, on the football side? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I've got in front of me here, just kind of in the background, Monday Night Football, obviously. Aikman and Joe Buck have worked together for a couple of decades. You know, that kind of but, – but here's the thing about Adam – He's so likable, also folksy, which I think works for baseball more so than if he were any of the other three major sports in in North America, uh, that I think it could really lead to him being a superstar in the world of broadcasting that could get in as both a player and as a broadcaster. I know that might sound like I'm couching it. I don't, my my answer baseball wise is no. If he would have been healthy, Throughout all of these years, I think he could have been. Uh, and maybe someday he is. I would love to see it. But right now, if you say you got to bet money, I would say no. But as far as potential as a broadcaster, I think he is he is somebody who we could be talking about. Like like our kids will go, he pitched? Because they're only going to know him <laughs> as a broadcaster. Sure. Yeah. I, think he's, I think he has the potential to be that good. All right. Well, all right. Well, last one for real this time. Yeah. <laughs> last, you, last, final. Will you get Dan McLaughlin to come on our show? <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Yes just... or no? Yes or I no? Will, I will. Uh, <laughs> if you guys text me or DM me, dead serious. I'm not going to I'm not gonna hit him up at 9 o'clock no. on his office. <laughs> Thursday, yeah, don't don't hey, do Thursday's that. Thursday's another office. Probably getting haunted by that hotel in Milwaukee. Anyway. <laughs> oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. Oh, that him day. and BT, uh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that but, hotel. But uh, I will be happy to. I've enjoyed the hell out of the conversation. <laughs> this is my kind of interview. This is great. And my wife goes, what are you doing? You're doing a podcast? I said, yeah. I said, I don't know the guys. Uh, and I'm like, if it's hardcore baseball, I'm going to be the worst guest ever. <laughs> so this was my kind of interview. And by the way, our relationship started mm-hmm. because. Uh, I because called you out. Not, because, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like I said, I'm used to it. I got 25 years of it under my belt. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I really do. I honestly just thought it was ESPN. And so, hey, if in, if somebody works to put together audio, and what was it, the Max Kellerman thing? Was that yes, what it was? I, I yeah. took it right off my TV at home, and, and we went yeah. viral pretty much. You're the second guest because of that video yeah. Uh, yeah. that we've gotten. Uh, we've kind of gone viral in the last week. So if somebody were, I, I always, when I was doing television, and I'm still doing it now, whether it be radio or the rare times I post on social media, uh, if somebody worked to do something, whether it be to break a story or, in this case, pull audio, uh, that person deserves credit, you know, so often people just kind of, I don't plagiarize is the right word, but just kind of, you know, pirate crap. And, uh, you know, the people who did the lake work to do it, whether it be breaking a story, uh, or in your case, getting that audio, which certainly was significant. And drew a lot of attention. Albert Pujols came after, not Albert himself, but the Cardinals yeah. came after him for that. Uh, and he apologized the next day. Uh, so you guys deserve credit for that. So, uh, a tip of the cap. And I'm glad that, I'm glad that you called me out because it allowed us to have this conversation today. I thought for sure it was little piddles anyways. That was his <laughs> well, it, it, it was <laughs> because I don't pull audio, right. but nonetheless, uh, Hey, you guys deserve the credit. So good for you for doing it. I'm glad and what I, and what I look at is I think, uh, that means Albert Pujols saw our tweet. Yeah, there you go. That's what I Absolutely. got. Out of it. Somebody brought it to his attention. Somebody saw it. Then he showed it and said, Oh, hell no. We got to tell yeah. that guy to shut up. 
Tim, <laughs> hey man, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's so generous with your time, dude. Anytime you'd want to come on again, we we would Absolutely. be honored. Oh, man, I, I love just sitting around honored. and BSing. So uh, my wife's taking care of the boys, and uh, I'm I'm just hanging out BSing. I love it. So thank. Well, that's you why we do on. these this late because we've got young kids, yeah. and it's about the yeah. only time we can do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, appreciate, man. appreciate it, Tim. It. See ya. All right, take it easy. All right, that well, was fantastic. That was great. He went an hour. I told him we'd do twenty minutes. Dude, that and then was, that he did was an so hour. We had a little technical technical difficulties early, um, and then it went on and it was great. I was like, oh, what's going to happen here? I didn't know where to go. Early. Maybe he had a little blip in his internet or something. He sounded great yes, once he got back in. So, oh man, I don't. I think that's it for the night. I don't think we need to do anything else. No, it's an hour. I mean, yeah, hour and ten minutes. Um, breaking tea. Check out breakingtea.com slash that's a winner pod. It's yeah. in our link tree on everything. Get your latest shirt. You have one on tonight. Is that a breaking t shirt? I do, yeah. Look at uh, this. What do you got? I've had this one for a little it's, while. It's gonna be reversed because Josh doesn't know how to do internet. It's, it's made for STL. It's uh Nolan Arenado T. Yeah. I think that might be maybe his opening day home run from last year okay. when he was it's his first yelling. game. Yeah, yeah. His first game. Yeah. Pretty cool. So yeah, so uh check them out. Use our link to be able to get us uh Karen. Bought more. Karen's yes. our biggest uh, supplier of money to the show. To the show at this point, uh, because of that, we, we appreciate ap- that. We appreciate it, everyone. Um, you can listen. In people have asked before, uh, if I only caught some of the some of the show, I don't know how to get the rest of it. You can listen to it again on YouTube. Is probably the easiest way, along with uh, Spotify and Apple places you get podcasts. But the video part is easiest. For the older people, I always send the link to the, yeah. to the YouTube. We're not. It'll stay up there on Facebook and Twitter. You can go back and watch Twitter's it. Twitter's hard to find, though. It, gets, it, it is, gets yeah. Buried. Unless we pin it. Maybe we we'll start pinning the shows yeah. for maybe the rest of the week till the next yeah. one. That'll help. Yeah. So, um, like my father in law, he's 60 some odd years old. He's like, now what's a podcast and how do I listen to it? So yeah. I send him the, the YouTube link. We don't have really a following on YouTube, um, yeah. really, but it's just a place that's going to hold everything. Um, so we keep on growing. Last week, we had 1,300, 1,400 um, live streams uh, at the time. When we were live, so we'll see what tonight did. But well, we've had viewers all night. We really appreciate it. Got Lots a, of questions. Got a Thomas Hardy comment here again from yeah. him. Y'all got the Tim McKernan bump subscribing. We appreciate that, Thomas. I appreciate that. We Thomas. appreciate that. Let's end with this, okay? Because we didn't preview the Brewer series much. Let's we just, did not. Let's did just not. end with here. Do you think the Cardinals clinch in Milwaukee Tuesday or Wednesday? Yes. I don't even know who pitches. Yes, tomorrow. It's got to be tomorrow. Tuesday. I, I think it. I think it's going to be tomorrow. You've got. I've got the matchup here. You've got yeah. Michaelis and Hauser. Hauser's their fourth or fifth starter. Yeah. ERA closer to five. That's the one you got to do it against. Yes. Because you got Brandon Woodruff Wednesday. And uh, Ollie and needs to be lighting their asses up. So yes. here's the thing that people are confused about as well. I've seen it all over the terrible Facebook groups. Speaking of, we created a new Facebook group to have conversation with intelligent. Join ours. Yeah, with intelligent baseball people. It's in our link tree as well. Uh, Cardinals. A group, I don't know, fan group I put in the link yeah. tree, um, just to join that where we can have a collection of intelligent baseball fans. Um, but the confusion is of the magic number. The magic number, yes, is three. Yes. But because of the new tiebreaker, there's no tiebreak game anymore. If the Brewers and Cardinals tied at the end of the year with their as overall as the season, they would play a game. That doesn't happen anymore. Which can still mathematically happen. Even if we won one yes. of these games, we could still tie yes. in the division. But because we've got... The, we're, we're ahead of them on the head-to-head yes. because if if we win, either one of these games, if we win, we're, we're ahead of over. them. It's, it's over. It's over. That yep. one game magic number goes to zero because of that. Even though a traditional yep. one-to-one for each loss, because of that tiebreak, it goes down to one. So we have to win one game in by week. The St. Louis Cardinals have to win one game in Milwaukee, and the, the clinch is there. Let's just get it done, man. Absolutely, because get after it that, it goes back to three, obviously, and then we still need to win three. Three true wins or them the, three losses. Uh, yeah, yeah, somewhere in, in a mixture of those. So, People are very confused about it today. I've corrected a lot of people. 
And then that's when I was like, all right, we really need to push all of the yes. good, smart people to our new conversation place. It's a place that we can share uh, all the news that happens, but also you'll be able to catch the podcast there too. Live streaming there for the first time tonight with our new 200-person group that's there. But we're going to yep. grow to thousands and thousands. Let's get it done in Milwaukee, man. Rub it in their Please. faces like we did in 2019 Please. celebrating in Chicago. And how many times when we and whenever it happens that we're going to see that tweet about the, when the Brewers said, sorry to hear you from three games behind. Oh, man. We'll see that a few times if that happens. Oh, yeah. That one's going to come back and play for sure. Well, Hopefully they get it done. Let's just get it done because they've got the Marlins after that. They've got an easy schedule at the end of the season just like we do. So yeah. All right. Let's just well, get it done. Thanks for uh, watching and listening. This and has thanks been, to Tim again. Thanks to Tim yeah. McKernan uh, with 101 ESPN. We really appreciate his time. Fantastic. He was great. Thanks again. This has been That's a Winner Podcast. Shooter from the belt to the plate. A swing and a miss, and it's the winner! That's the winner! A World Series winner for the Cardinals! Smith corks one in the right down the line! It may go! Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! It's a home run, and the Cardinals have won the game by the score of 3-2 on a home run by the Wizard! Go crazy! Clark and the Cardinals lead by the score of 7-5, to five, and they may go to the World Series on that one, folks. What a team. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011.